kick. Conaccini nearly got ahead on him. Chiotte, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! Would you believe it? Dimon Carigi! Balotelli, Aguero! Well, good morning, download. Back on a Tuesday. Big UCL day. Uh, big matchup coming this weekend. Lots of stuff to, to, to talk about. Impact United debut tomorrow, boys. Big. Something to look forward to. Especially. Getting back in shape. Hopefully. Um, the uh, Some of the Impact boys are getting together, playing a little uh, indoor soccer league down the road, soccer zone Lansing. Impact United, so I, we'll see how that goes. Trophy incoming in eight games. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a special podcast episode to reveal the trophy. No big deal. Break down the Pichichi Award, who won it. Yeah, we'll um, be breaking down some of our film too, right? We're doing that. Tactical analysis, what we could have done better. Right, the exactly. Pre- all breaking down the press conferences. Uh, you know, if the Champions League gets going in about an hour, today is City Dortmund, Liverpool Madrid, and uh, MSU Michigan play. Part uh, part three this season on Saturday. And like I said, Impact United debut tomorrow. Well, let's get right into it, boys. I mean, uh, men's team, last game of the season, the final day, they beat Ohio State 1-0 off of an absolute laser from Jack Beck. And, uh, you know, Damon Rensing wasn't all impressed with it, talking to him post game, but I thought they played quite well against Ohio State. Um, defensively, they gave up just about nothing. Ohio State went off the crossbar once, and it was a – one of those in between a cross and a shot, and it somehow goes off the crossbar. Stays out though. Um, there was one instance where Hunter Morris almost had a disaster at the back, where he was rolling it out and he rolled it out right into the foot of uh, one of the Ohio State players' players' feet. Then the player passed who was offside, so it doesn't matter. Um, and then Jack Beck wins it in what the seventy third, seventy fifth minute. They sit in for the last fifty minutes and get what I think was a well-deserved three points against Ohio State. So they jump them on the table and play Michigan um, on on Saturday. But if we, if we dissect the Ohio State game a little bit, I think once again we saw that they can still create things without Fry Mutatu up front, but Grayson Mercer is still getting into the flow of Big Ten play. He gets into the box early on and has a clear sight of goal and instead tries to hang on to it and is a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger. Connor George is getting better and better with every single game. Um, once again, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think we saw Gianni Ferry, so I'm assuming at this point he's probably injured. Um, but that is not you know something I was thinking about after they, they won the game late on. But, I mean, you, you guys saw the goal. Jack Beck, he can hit a ball, and he did. Yeah, and every time he takes the ball on the turn like that, it kind of looks like he's about to shoot, but... One thing or another stops him. Finally got the shot off this time. Could it have been saved? Maybe it was a little bit of a funny reaction by the goalie kind of flailing up for a ball that was on the ground the whole way through. But nothing against Beck. That was a good effort. Got through everyone. And Michigan State needed it at the time. It was 35 yards out and a good hit. Um, it, it looked like it might have come through a couple bodies. And I'm not sure if um, Noah Lawrence was expecting it to come through to him. But uh, regardless, goes in Michigan State. Um, sits in and wins the rest of the game. And, you know, we've seen them go up and down a bit this season, but I feel like they're playing their best football right now. And I don't think you can understate the importance of that going into the postseason. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the last three games that we saw Michigan State play, they've shown so much improvement since his defeat to Michigan. Again, they move the ball around so well, the, the way they keep possession. And, like, again, they needed to go into Ohio State with a win. Ohio State not in great form, coming off three losses, three, uh, three straight losses. They could not give up three points, and they needed to play for everything while, while keeping the opposition and getting ready for this tournament. So they hop Ohio State and get into sixth, uh, meaning they play the, the third team in the conference, which is Michigan. So they've already seen them twice in a row. Interestingly enough, the the table was decided by points per game since not every team played the same amount of games. Penn State finished in second on points per game, only played eight games. The two teams they didn't play, funny enough, Indiana and Michigan, the other two arguably probably the best two teams in the conference at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, let's look at this Michigan game. You've played them twice. Both games were close. You could argue Michigan State should have won both games. One, they played up a man for 50 minutes. Uh, and Michigan's only chance came on a, a bad defensive mistake. The second game, you go up one nil. You give up a goal with about five minutes left, and then lose on a on a. Uh, you get a red card in extra time, and then lose on a really it, bad defending on a throw in. Um, and the shortest player in the entire stadium, you know, puts it in with his head. If you're Michigan State and you're looking at those two games, is there something tangible that needs to be fixed to beat Michigan, or is it just? You know, you keep trying, and eventually it'll come. I think. I mean, kind of mix of the two, just because the style was right. You just have to finish those chances you get to put the game away. I mean, granted, you have to get up one nil again first, but they've shown they can play toe to toe with them. It just they fizzle out late. We go back to the big tournament, Big Ten tournament game last year. They go up one nil, and Michigan just pours it on them in the second half. Jack Hallahan takes over the game. They lose two one. You go to the game this year. I can't speak for the game in Brighton, but you go to the East Lansing game this year. You're up 1-0. You have a lot of chances to put the game away. You get caught out with clearance. Two-on-one, Jackson Reagan equalizes late. And then you still get chances in overtime. Down a man, can't put the game away there. So they've shown they can go toe-to-toe with them. They just haven't been able to beat them for five games. Now four losses, one draw. But I do think... it. Obviously, you would have rather preferred to beat them, but you're not looking at a team that you can't play well against. Yeah, again, this is a mental game for Michigan State because both games were winnable. They were in their reach. They they were not, uh, Michigan in this season has not been better than Michigan State in in terms of play and technicality, and going toe to toe with each of their players. They're not they're not exact they're not exactly a better team, but they've made their chances count even if they're scrappy. Again, Michigan State has to go into the game um, on Saturday. With the intention, with with all with with all one hundred percent focus, with one hundred percent focus throughout those ninety minutes, there's no reason that Michigan should even try to even like try to like bank off what they did in the last three games, in the last two games against them, which is just get some scrappy goals and finish the game off in the closing minutes. Um, the game is in Ann Arbor at Michigan Stocker Stadium, and the Big Ten switched things around and said, you know, you can for attendance, you can go to local orders. Local orders in Michigan right now are you can have 20% capacity. I'd be surprised if they did not land fans into that game. It is massive. Uh, it's Big Ten quarterfinal. It's against your biggest rival, uh, and it's at home. So uh, if that happens, how much of a factor do you think that's playing? Uh, I don't think it will be too – I mean, it'll help the Michigan players, but I don't think it's going to be too bad for the Michigan State players. I mean, they played a tourney game there last year, and they are able to play well for long phases of it. 
Obviously, you just have to be able to close out the game. I just think at this point, playing with such limited capacity throughout the whole season, even as an away player, I think you'd welcome fans back in. And the Michigan fan, I mean, they chanted a lot of the Michigan State players. You know, I think there's a, there's something to take from that as a rival player. It can it can motivate them to an extent, too. I think it would be good for both groups of players. Exactly. If you're a Michigan State player and you're playing at Michigan with a bunch of Michigan fans in the stadium, you want to go and silence them as much as you can. Don't give them a chance to cheer. You know, go in there and upset them. Michigan not necessarily in the best run of form right now. Um, last three games, two losses, one win. The win came against Ohio State. Uh, the losses came to Indiana in, in two overtimes, and that was arguably, I think, Mich- I, I haven't watched every single one of their games this season, but that was the best I've seen Michigan play this season. Yet they couldn't score against Indiana, and they gave up one late. Um, on the final day, they lost 3-2 to Wisconsin. I, I I don't know if that's a fluke. I'm not sure who they played in terms of their best players or not. They were essentially locked into that third place spot. So I'd be surprised if they had their strongest team out there for a majority of the game, but still losing to the worst team in the conference. And it's it's really not like uh, close. As much as Northwestern had the same amount of points as Wisconsin, Wisconsin is the worst team in this conference. Um, so so what, what do you think Michigan's thinking right now then? I mean, they have to be confident. Knowing, there's got to be the element of, oh, we know we can beat this team. Again, two games this year, two games last year. I've, the squad changed a good amount in the summer, but still that core of players from last year. And I think for the, their perspective would be, oh, we weren't at our best and we were still, still able to beat them in East Lansing. There's no way we played that bad again and they'll be able to take care of business. Obviously, from Michigan State's perspective, I take it the opposite way. Like, oh, if we just... You just have to fix up a few things, and you might be able to beat them. So, I mean, they got to be confident. There's no reason to go into a game nervous when you've uh, when you've kind of owned the rivalry as of late. But I do think what's interesting is, I think Mich- Michigan State's strong point recently has been they they got the back line figured out. Stone and Morel have been a great duo recently. Yep. And the only unit of that Michigan team that didn't really impress us when they met in East Lansing was the front line. So if that if they can continue to perform and take Michigan's front line out of the game, you'll just you'll always give yourself a chance on the counter. And if you can go up late, you just if you can go up, it'll just open things up for you late. So there's a lot of ways for Michigan State to end up winning this game. Yeah, you're exactly right, Adam. You know, uh, Luke Morell and Nick Stone were very comfortable at the back against Michigan. Again, not not a lot went through them, but again, mistakes cost them, and that's what it's going to take to win this game. It's concentration, concentration, focus, and make sure that. Any little touch is is perfect, because nothing can go. Because at this point, Damon Rensing has to emphasize the importance of not letting little mistakes get in the way of ruining a good game. Um, interesting note. It looks like Kevin Buka did not play against Wisconsin, uh, the man that scored both the winners against Michigan State this season so far. If you have to pick one key to the game that is a reason why Michigan State wins, what is it? Olu Ogunwale's end product. He's going to get his chances down the wing, especially if, Mich- if especially if it becomes a game of counters in the second half, and just whether he can score the way he did against Wisconsin or just tee up one of the forwards. I think that the ball at his foot is going to be a huge factor. Even if he's not starting, because he probably won't. He probably won't. St- I don't. I want to say they'll have an even rotation. But Michael Miller did play a lot in the previous Michigan game, so if he's but I think Ola would have earned more minutes, actually, so I'll stick with that one based on the 
again, I didn't fully watch the Ohio State game, but how we performed against Northwestern. Not Northwestern, sorry, Wisconsin. I think the key is the center of the field for Michigan State. Uh, can Jack Beck, can Jack Zuge keep that midfield in control and allow? Because when we saw that game against Michigan here in East Lansing, the biggest problem for Michigan State defending was those balls in between the midfield and through the defenders into the forwards. Although the, def- although the forwards weren't creating much of a problem, it was the Michigan midfielders that were getting through, that were going wide and playing, ball- and playing more dangerous balls towards the Michigan State's final third. And one more thing, the Michigan State's front line's ability to press Jackson Reagan and make mm-hmm. him a little bit more uncomfortable. Because yep. that guy was never phased all of last Without game. Without fouling him, we're getting into yeah. yellow card trouble. And who knows, if he's not that confident with the way he was passing the ball at the back, maybe he's not going, going to play striker final 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to give a prediction of what you think will happen, what are you saying? State's winning. They can't get swept back-to-back seasons by their rival. I think you give them this many opportunities, you got to be able to get one of them. So that was I'll a very go... confident answer for a very good Michigan team. No, it is a very good Michigan yeah. team, but I've just been think going back to that last game, and I don't know, bouncing yeah. out of the tournament to the same side back to back years. It just they're due. Yeah, and it's not just like they're due because they've been losing. They're due. Be, they've shown signs in the games, and they're a much better team now in this season than they were even the even that game in East Lansing. They're coming in off back to back losses. So now, you know, you're in good form. Your offense didn't quite click as well against Ohio State as they did against Wisconsin. But your front line's better. Your defense has been clicking. I think they got to get this one. Score? Let's go 2-1. Yeah, I say stay 2. I think Damon Rensing has to emphasize again the importance of being concentrated throughout the 90 minutes because, again, carrying that momentum with you, there's no reason why you should let anything stop just because you're facing a team that beat you twice on two unlucky goals in two different scenarios. But again, Michigan State, I think, will take this game, I'll say, I'll say 3-2, and then I think, we're gonna, I think we might have a bit of a goal fest. Hmm. Goal fest. After a, a 1-1 game, essentially, in a 1-0 game, goal fest? Yeah, I think this is due to pour, for both teams to pour out all their energy. Okay. Um, I, I think there is no chance there's more than three goals total scored. I think it's either a 1-0 or a 2-1 game. Um, and But here's the thing, too. MSU has played well, really, in both games against them, and Michigan hasn't necessarily played their best, and they've won both contests. Um, I don't see MSU beating this Michigan time, seed, team, side, team. I don't see it happening. I think Michigan is is just too good, and la- last year I felt like Michigan State could come in and beat the Michigan team, uh, in the in the Big Ten quarterfinal, and they played well and they still lost. I, I think it's gonna take a lot. Um, I think it not being at the Martin is big. I think it being on the road in a way is a struggle for Michigan State. I know they beat Ohio State on the road. I know they beat Penn State on the road. But they just sim- it doesn't seem like they win at Michigan anymore. To your point about last year, I also think Michigan was just a much better team last year. I think Michigan year. is still just as yeah. good. I don't know, because I think I don't. you don't look at this Michigan team to have the difference makers last year. Last yeah, year I, I, just, I, just I, don't th- I don't think they Jack Callahan's gone, but who else? Popovich. Yeah, okay, you're right. And Jack Callahan and Noah Popovich, Popovich. Popovich took over the first game. Hallahan took over the second game. He did. Well, here's the thing, too. 
Derek Broche, we, we saw him against Michigan State at DeMartin and said he did not look that good. He still got an assist. So there, there's players that aren't playing their best, and somehow Michigan is still grinding out results against MSU. I, I see my score prediction is 1-0 Michigan. Yeah, uh, it just... I want to be more hopeful. I really do. I just don't see it happening. No, but it's fair. It's fair. The assist, it's hard to... Again, Stone with the clearance that landed in his lap and Jackson Reagan was wide open. Yeah, I mean, it was a great it, it was finish a, it, to score. I mean, it was really two I'm, gifted goals. I'm not looking at that assist that, as But like that's, that's how they give up moment. goals, though. That's, that's yeah. really the only way Michigan State gives up goals is gifted goals and set pieces. And I, there's no guarantee either way. I'm... I'm hopeful they can eliminate that for a tournament game, yeah. especially ending the season with a clean sheet has to be a good sign. And obviously the Wisconsin game started with that uh, disaster, uh, disaster State, at the free kick that led him to him wide open. But from there, they're able to lock up. You know, Ohio State was the first game where they Michigan State still had those mistakes but did not give up goals. There was the, the Morse pass. Right, and with, Nick Stone had his, 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 had his classic whiff that he's due for once a game. But yet they didn't give up goals. So maybe that's a step so in the right direction. So that's just why you, gotta, you need to build the leeway because Michigan will likely pounce on those opportunities. So you can't – Michigan State can't win the game 1-0, I don't think. I think they need to – they're going to need a little bit of a buffer if one of those mistakes comes in. Don't let it cost yeah. them the game. Well, like that that was essentially the problem with the last game at, at DeMartin was that they were up 1-0 but didn't force that second goal to be a little bit more comfortable on the pitch. Yeah, but this – and just to continue – it's not like this is a Michigan team that really, I feel like, forces you to sit deep and pick your chances. Michigan State should be able to, at least in stretches of play, take over the game they did last time. And I just think, I don't think Michigan's like three games, like you play three times, you win every game that much better than State. Um, shoot, I had something, and it just totally left my mind. So I, th- I think it was something about Kevin Buka. Oh, wh- what are we what are we saying? What are we setting the odds at for Kevin Buka to score? It's gotta be good, right? Like he's he yeah. scored his only two goals in the season against Michigan State. He does love a goal against the Spartans. Now that's gonna be a. Does he score? Yes or no? Does he score? Yes, I think he scores. I think he gets one somewhere. Nah, two one. Jackson Reagan gets the one. Reliable hands. Who scores for MSU? Um, Connor. Go Connor and Farai again. If I'm assuming Mutato's still been subbing in, so it's yeah, it's been Mercer and, and Connor George starting. Yeah, the last couple of games. Hmm. I I Con- think if Michigan scores first, I don't think they win. I don't think Michigan State wins you if they get Michigan scored State on can first. Come back? No, I don't, I don't. No, I don't. Do they have okay, a comeback a win in the last two years? I, I don't think they have one this year. This year for sure, no. No, because they won two games, one nil. They scored Wisconsin, first against they Wisconsin. First. They were never down against Wisconsin. And they won two nil. So yeah. yeah, no comeback. No wins. comeback wins. Hmm. No, that's a good point. So I, I think, think the first goal is the first so goal important. Is huge. Whoever scores first wins. I think. Yeah, that's reasonable. I can't really. I mean, we don't have the track record to say. You know, I think Michigan State can come from behind. So no, I think no. they definitely have to start the game. Yeah, on the front and also court. the mental toughness there. I mean, if if they're strong, they can try to come back. But I think it's very difficult to be like even a goal, two goals down to them. You try to work their way back. I think the best they do if they get scored on first is take it to penalties. No, they don't win in golden goal. No. No, no chance. No, no comeback. Not not in normal time. Not in extra time. <laughs> do you trust them in a shootout? No. Actually, yes. Why not? It's they've got two 
Top penalty takers that both want to take it. Perkins and Sternberg fought over the last one. Yeah. I bet you Connor George puts one bar down. Sternberg, Perkins, Fry's. George, Farai. Zuga nails one. I don't even know if you give it to Farai. Salah took a free kick. Yeah. So you those usually go both ways. Yep. Uh, who's Michigan's goalie? The game's blanking. Owen Finnerty. Owen Finnerty versus Morrison goal. I, I mean, Michigan went through a few shootouts last year. Yeah, They've turned I'm gonna it. have to put my money on Finnerty. I don't know. Well, oh, we'll a, see on Saturday. I guess. Tough to predict yeah. for a shootout. It is with how much has to go with how much has to go wrong in the game to go that far. Right. Uh, MSU women also finished their season against Ohio State. They were at home for Senior Day, lost one nil, but it really wasn't that bad of a performance. And Ohio State is third, maybe fourth best team in the in the Big Ten. Um, Scored a goal early on, a bad mistake at the back, and then Michigan State had chances to come back, but they just couldn't couldn't put it in the back of the net, and it was just kind of a struggle. Um, again, they had chances, and there was there was chances for them to put it away, and honestly, win. They they had chances to score two or three, and they just couldn't. I I find that this team is lacking an out and out striker. Cameron Evans. Works her ass off. She does. She never stops. Um, but she's. If you want to succeed, you have to you have to stop playing her so much and stop playing her at striker. Having said that, they don't have someone to replace her right now. That is true. There, it's very it's a very limited roster given the players that were playing in the last two to three games. Again, but this has been a recurring theme for Michigan State women's soccer. They've held on to games, but unable to really make that much of an impact to come back and you know and set a tone for the game and it, it, this is how it's been all season and that's how it's been all season last year too um the one thing i, I took away from it though that was a, a big positive is Jovana Labovich is very wow. yeah she's very she's very, very good. good and she's going to be a problem in the future yeah i mean she, she's just so good coming a good problem. At, coming out of the wing and into the center and vice versa she is just a very talented, gifted striker. She will be. She will be a problem given the right pieces around her. She could be a very pro- big problem in this league. Well, well, she's not even a striker, really. Yeah, no, she's more she, of a more she of plays a in behind. Midfield. Yeah, more of a yeah. midfield. If if they had another player like her that was a striker by trade, then they would not have as many yeah, problems. Yeah, work. Do. Yeah, work off each other. You know, play those one twos through the middle, and and really and defensively too Michigan State women's soccer has had a has had a good defensive team throughout the last 2 years but again unable to hold on to results is, has been the problem uh Danielle Stefan highlights the seniors that left and really I mean Michigan State couldn't have asked for a better servant through the last 4 years absolutely she's been a workhorse throughout her entire career and I think those players will be sad to see a player like that go from the locker room yep uh the women play against Ohio State or no, 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 Rutgers. Rutgers me. at Ohio. Rutgers at Ohio State. Rutgers. Um, what is it? Thir- Thursday. Uh, Thursday. What? Trevor's the eighth. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The eighth. So, so Thursday, Thursday against Rutgers in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Yes. Tough. Yeah, that's a tough matchup. Rutgers is whatever Ohio State's not. They are the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> that that's very true, and they did have a tough game against them earlier in March. What, what was the What was the final? That three uh, one. Yep. Well, it shows you they could be in it. Yeah, it shows they could be in it, but again, Rutgers, let's take a look at how Rutgers has fared. Again, but Rutgers in the past has been a good team, especially with women's soccer. Um. Well, good luck to the women. Yeah, good luck, good to, luck the women. to the men. 
Um, and we'll know if their yeah. season continues by yeah. Thursday and Saturday. And both on the road, so it'll yeah. be tough. Well, tough. Um, in about 30 minutes, UCL kicks off. Adam, how you feeling? Nervous. It's going to be a long 90 minutes. I saw the lineups are a little interesting. It just... Look, I already know what's going to happen. Five minutes in, City's already going to have two, two clear goal-scoring opportunities, going to set the tone for the rest of the game. I don't know how long Dortmund can sit back and absorb. I'm hoping it goes like the second leg against Sevilla, where they came out crazy, and we kind of you, – you you make your way back into the game with one counter, Holland finds the opener. I mean, I just need that to happen. Dortmund needs to score today. I mean, they need to get the away goals. They need to not lose by too much. There's a lot to be worried about. And, nah, I already know it's going to be a horrible 90 minutes. Nerves are going to kick in as soon as kickoff happens. But I'm somewhat excited. I think there's there's still a chance. A lot has to go right for that chance to happen. But, hey, it's City in the Champions League quarterfinals. Granted, wait, go ahead. Uh, how do you feel about Manuela Kanji starting at left back? It seems like no Guerrero's in the lineup. Guerrero, oh yeah, Guerrero's in the lineup. So what? They're gonna play three? No, it's or... gonna it's it's a back four, but we have okay, yeah, just th- yeah, this bonus line... help with okay, yeah. I guess this lineup on Google is not completely accurate. Oh, they love messing around. Yeah, they the love back messing three, around. Back, back six, three. but no, okay, it's, yeah, it's, that makes sense. It's... But uh, you got the Hood in the midfield. Yeah, we got the Hood and Bellingham together. They've turned into a great duo. Royce and Holland are, and obviously Sancho's not back until the second leg. Hopefully, he's back for that game. You know, and but, Haaland has a tough job against Stones and Diaz, who have been on form. Yeah, no, Diaz, Diaz might just come out and pocket him for 180 minutes, but hey, I gotta believe he'll get his, he'll get his chances. He just has to take him. Has Haaland played a game in the Champions League of this caliber yet? I mean, he played PSG twice last year, and I'm gonna say Thiago Silva, Marquinhos, Kempembe. Again, I don't have like the lineups in the back of my head, but. But yeah, it was still tough. It, it, the second leg was one of his worst games ever for Dortmund. Kempembe and I think he was starting with Thiago Silva, I'm assuming, kind of pocketed yeah. him. But hey, gotta gotta believe. It's I quarterfinals. Can't, can't. Anything anything can happen in these games. A we, lot. we never know. Yeah. But no, it's it's going to be a tough series. Um, what, what do you think of City's lineup? Oh, man, it's great. I mean, yeah, got... I mean, this is the lineup that they go with a lot, you know. <laughs> Play, with no real out-and-out out number nine. But, you know, it's just players who just mesh, switch together all the time. Mahrez goes to the left. Foden comes in the middle. It's just a giant mesh in that in that front three. De Bruyne, Foden, or Gundogan could play false nine. Maybe they utilize all of them in the same game. Yeah, you know, so... and then you just see these players just move around, passing the ball. It's The, sure. the movement is so fluid. A kanji's due for a mistake, but besides that, Dortmund is pretty solid down the middle of the park. So I think they won't be caught off necessarily, but there's definitely just going to be a lot of chances City have to potentially take advantage of. Yeah. Uh, the other one today, Liverpool, Madrid. No Sergio Ramos, no Rafael Varane for Madrid. Yeah, Liverpool can't lose this one after that. Even though I mean, it's away, they're on they're on two brand new center backs there themselves, but there's just a different feeling about. Militao and Nacho starting together. It is a way, but there's no fans, and it's not even in a. It's it's in the B team stadium. Yeah, I'm also not fully convinced with uh, Real Madrid's front three: Asensio, Benzema, Vini. Of course, very dangerous going up against um, Trent and and Andy Robertson at those wide at those wide positions. Look, Robertson will take care of Asensio, but yeah, 
Granted, I didn't check Madrid's lineup. Are they both starting together? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Vinny's going to... Vinny dribbling at Trent is going to cause issues, but yes. Vinny's end product isn't reliable. So you got to hope one of the seven times he beats Trent yeah. on the dribble, he either puts in a good cross or he finally scores. Yeah, really. I mean, the only team, the only way this Madrid team really works like half the time is between Kroos, Casemiro, Luka Modric, and Karim Benzema. Yeah, and for the opposition midfield, yeah. they went they went against using Thiago. Yeah, but I think they went for the more physical matchup, which I like. Yeah. It's an interesting one, just because I think I just want to match your own know, technical ability with technical ability, especially because with, with how press resistant Cruz and Modric can be at time, I don't think you want to focus too much on disrupting them instead of playing your game. Not that this is like a special lineup. This was Madrid. This was Liverpool's lineup last year. Vinaldum's a normal starter. Keita. If he didn't have injury history, would have been a normal starter at times. And Fabinho, obviously, belongs at the six. So it's it's a no, it's a lineup that's played together. But I'm just interested in what the decision was to bench Thiago. I don't know if he got a knock or if there's anything we're not knowing or if it's just straight up technical decision. Just you know. a technical decision. But How do you see that tie going? At least the first leg today. Liverpool takes it today. They have to. You really? Yeah. That that. Jota's, Jota's back. They won three 0 at the weekend. Him too. Salah won. The confidence is back. If Mane is not confident, this is the back line to face. I just think Militao and Nacho. There's going to be mistakes between them. There's going to be lapses between them. And there's just going to be too many chances for Liverpool not to take advantage of. And going forward, it's Benzema's the only notable goal scorer, and Casemiro's second. So I think, even though Madrid's clicked form recently. No, Ramos in Champions League just always prove it's always too big of a factor for them. Yeah, I think it's difficult. In my opinion, I think this one ends one-one, but I think the game at Anfield will be very different. Is is a one-one a good result today for Liverpool, or is it not enough? Yeah. I think you'd want a second away goal. Just yeah. I, say they lose three-two. Is that better than one-one? Probably. Just, even though I don't think there's a chance Madrid scores two at Anfield to like really press the away goals matter. Uh, actually, nah, I mean, 1-1 one, yeah. one and you win outright at Anfield is always a safe option, even though the same applies for losing 3-2. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to see a scoreless game in either one. Oh, definitely not. It's it's a third-string center-back, a fourth-string center-back, and two new signings on the other side. Yeah. Actually, no, not Phillips is in a new signing. Uh, it's one new signing and a youth team <laughs> prospect. So... I mean, regardless, if it's 1-1, if it's 3-2, Liverpool's going to feel good about themselves at Anfield. They got to go through. So, score prediction, then? Uh, Today, let me go 2-0. 2-0? I said 1-1. And same for Dortmund City. Sorry to do that to you. hate to do that to you. My uh, First game's at Etihad, right? Yeah, my response is in the notes. I can't repeat. But, uh... (laughs) uh, (laughs) It's a four-letter word. 2-1 City. And if we keep it close enough to... Do something in Germany when Sancho comes back. I'm gonna say two nil city. I relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then tomorrow PSG Bayern Chelsea Porto. Bayern uh Bayern injury news Adam. Yeah, so I mean obviously Lewandowski's still out, but apparently he's aiming for the second leg, which would turn a three to four week injury into one and a half. Should be quite impressive. But Gnabry has COVID now, so they're down two of their front three. It's gonna be. T- it was going to, Gnabry was going to fill in for Chupamoteng from Bayern's weekend lineup, but now it's just going to be Coleman, Chupamoteng, and Sané. So Bayern are playing a front one with Sané and two others. PSG got to take this one because, look, that Leipzig game, Bayern did win it. I watched just 
I was curious how they were trying to replace Lewandowski. They didn't. They had one chance. They took it. Leipzig started the second half with 20 minutes of opportunities and didn't get a clean effort on any of them. The Neuer intimidation factor is still too big of a problem for Germany. But the PSG aren't going to be pressed at their own back. And yeah. although Verratti's a huge loss, I think one... And Florenzi, too, I thought. Florenzi, interesting. But one huge factor, I think, for this game is Kimmich played right back in the final because they saw Thiago Goretzka and Muller together in the midfield. He's going to be playing the six this time. So whoever decides they want the left between Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, they're going to have an easier matchup than they did in Lisbon. Pavard, great. Pavard's great, but, I mean... Kimmich is, if he plays right back, possibly the best right back in the world, in my mm. opinion. So you get him out there, it makes that matchup easier. Also, I think Di Maria kind of gave Davies his worst game ever in that final. I think Lucas Hernandez is going to start, according to what they were. Really? The Bild, I don't know how reliable I should take it, but Hernandez is expected to start. So that's another. So that's one one side getting harder. With, I mean, that's one side getting easier with Pavard. And then, obviously, Hernandez doesn't have Davies' pace, but he's a better, def- pure defender. So I think this, the wing battles are going to be interesting to watch with this one, with who PSG puts on each side. Yeah, and this Paris team is, in also, is coming off uh, a big loss against Lille early in this weekend. Um, which Tim dro- Weah? Yeah, which... Uh, Lille we- yeah, champion? Yeah, Tim Weah. <laughs> which drops PSG down to three, uh, three points behind Lille in, mm. at second place. I think that's very tough, and I think a Pochettino needs an answer in this game against Bayern. I think they're looking ahead. Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so because that's not pretty. Also, I mean, what do you mean looking the, ahead? I, I know how big that game was for Liga. Both of them tied at the top, but Bayern. But they were looking ahead to Bayern. They're looking ahead well. to Bayern. They just, especially the revenge game factor of this. I mean, I think anytime Neymar gets sent off in a game, it shows <laughs> a lack of care. I think it shows how much they thought of that match. and now yeah, Especially a 90th-minute red card. And it even helps. Now he's suspended for the game in between the two Byron legs. No chance of an injury. Yeah, he's, got, he's got some rest. Um. So I'm sure he's mad he's not <laughs> going to be playing. No, but they, they've they got to have been looking at this game since the draw. It just If that midfield can perform without Verratti, the front line's going to get their chances. Yeah, I think the midfield can be very comfortable without Verratti. You know, you got Luca, you got Paredes, uh, you got Idrissa Gay, you got Ander Herrera on the bench, Julian Draxler. A lot of guys who can yeah. fill that role. And PSG, they're just not going to be pressed at the back. Sané and who knows, maybe Komen and Chibonchen will get a chance between the two of yeah. them. Honestly, the biggest scoring threat is going to be any type of cutback to Goretzka. And just, I mean, that's what happened at the weekend. He always makes his runs yeah. forward, and he'll have to do that, even more of them with Lowy out of the lineup. How do you, how do you think they fare without Lewandowski? Terribly. No, the he, that, okay, he's, he's the best striker in the world. Yes, right. But Bayern has a damn good team around him if, too. If Gnabry was in, I'd feel different. But the, they're oh. just down two starting forwards of the three, and Muller without Lewandowski is a completely different player. So it's they're down two and a half players at this point. He he, like Muller had two moments in that Leipzig game. Gr- granted, I mean. Credit to him. He got an assist with one of them. He missed a shot with the other. Besides that, he ghosted for long periods of the game. Komen and Chupamotin ghosted for the entire game. Yeah, and Komen's going to need to have a good game. He's going to need to have a perfect game for anything to go yeah. right for Bayern. I mean, I just think they need to force-feed Sané and attack down the right the whole game. Just let him do his thing. Let him try to connect with Goretzka coming out of the back. Kimmich long balls forward or potentially long shots. It's, it's going to be unorthodox scoring for Bayern, I think. Just because... 
you can't rely on the front line that's going to be playing. First leg prediction. PSG 2-0. I'm going to say um, PSG 1-0. Where's the first leg? Um, I believe it's in Paris. In Paris? Then I think they have to. Oh, yeah. No, it's in Munich. It's in Munich. Because it's, oh. it's a lost. Yes. I know if you're PSG, you would kind of be hoping this was the home it's game. It's sort of a Liverpool situation again. Yeah, I mean, it's like, very... Yeah, you would like to win, but if you come away with a couple of away goals and draw, I don't think you're that mad. Yeah, I think with the odd chance Lewy ends up playing the second leg, you would prefer yeah, to have but... the first leg at home, let Bayern's crippled front line yeah, not be... get any away goals going back to Munich. Yeah, just be comfortable, you know, and the goal for PSG is to just get in, just bag as many as you can at first, because if you have Lewy back, you're going to have to hope for the best. Byron's favored tomorrow, by the way, by a good bit. Minus 105, PSG's plus 255. I think given off form in the league, I think so you have to go with Bayern. I'll give it a few a few more hours to see if they adjust for no Gnabry. Yeah. Even though I think keeping them favorites without Lowy is a stretch as is, but maybe Ver- Verratti and Lowy maybe cancel each other. For for context, though, that's probably about double the odds of Gonzaga Baylor last night. And Gonzaga was favored quite a bit. We saw how that went, yeah. but... <laughs> Still, uh, last one: Chelsea Porto. Chelsea, Dale. Wow. Obviously, okay. Here's the thing, though: we we gave Porto no chance against Juventus, and then they 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 beat Juventus over two legs. It's not easy to do. But Juventus is also not performing quite as well as Chelsea either. Well, was... If you eliminate Chelsea's last game against West Brom, then before that, then yes. Well, I don't think we can, because that's their last yeah. game. Well, I mean, yes. I don't. I, I imagine they'll play with eleven throughout the entirety of the game, and. They'll have their normal front line back. I think no Havertz falls. No Havertz at the nine proved to be a big factor. What happened to Tammy Chase. Abraham? Oh, he's just—he's not Tuchel's I mean, guy. He, he, I think he's still the top scorer at the club for this season, but yet he's not involved. I guess it's reasonable if Tuchel wants to implement his, you know, make it his team, implement his philosophy. It's going to be Havertz at the nine. There's but no. It, it's no... tough because uh, Tammy Abraham was a player that England were going to bring to the Euros, given if it was last summer. But now it looks like that it, that's fading away. Oh, no, yeah. No, I don't, I mean, he's not getting regular football. No, 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 he's, he's not. not I mean, he was always up against it because, I mean, Kane's going to be the number one at the nine. Yeah, Kane's got Dominic, Dominic, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I guess this is more of a this season blow up than last year, but it's going to be tough to compete with him for the backup Danny spot. Danny Ings is really better than yeah. Abraham right now. So I don't think, and also, that's not Tuchel's priority. He doesn't, it's. Yeah, right. He, he needs to worry about That's getting this team in Champions League, not making sure Abraham's good to make the yeah yes. the Euro Cup team. Absolutely. And it just he's not a better option than what they have, especially considering they have to make these investments on Havertz and Werner. Work. Werner's granted not really with Havertz being the nine. Werner's not interfering with Tammy, but just I think that front getting the normal front line together. I don't regardless of it's probably going to be Mount getting the right wing spot with those two will help. Again, I assume they don't get another red card, and Jorginho and Kovacic can't perform. Especially Jorginho can't perform as they bad as bad as they did against West Brom. I think they'll be able to kind of shut up shop Porto, go shut up Porto's yeah. offense going forward. Yeah, I think that was another team that like like PSG was just thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. They were get, just they were just getting ready for the Champions League, yeah. and they they had to rest some. Like Havertz played every game for Germany over the break. He had to get rested. I think and just a few other. Especially the red card biggest factor and a few other lineup changes. They'll be back to their normal selves, I think, this week. First leg at Porto. Score prediction. Uh, away game will go one nil Chelsea. I'll go two one Chelsea. Okay. Um, little prem update. West Ham are 
are in Champions League spots with eight games to go. Jesse Lingard put on a clinic. Do they have a legit say. chance to make top four? They should. They're it's playing. Annoying they're, they're, play, they're playing much better than than a lot of teams below them. I mean, let me check real quick if Chelsea and West Ham still have to play. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they still have to play. Which I, it, th- I think they're West, a weird I, West side Ham, though. Like they go up three 0 in the first half against Wolves and then almost bottle it. But still, all we're talking about is the fact that they're they're in top four. And they the schedule's not too bad going forward. They have Leicester, Chelsea, and Everton. Besides that, you'd favor them in every game. But yeah. I just can't see them doing it. I don't. I mean, I think they'll drop a game or two. You expect them to win, and they won't win. I think, any it, of the three I, think I, that, I think that game against Leicester will be critical for them. Either Chelsea or Liverpool has to has to get that last. Spot. Yeah, they're a point clear at Chelsea, two points clear of both Spurs and Liverpool right now. No, I think well, Spurs missed the chance to go and go fifth. I'll, I'll favor West Ham to fall out. I won't say they're making it, and I don't want them to make it. Just because if Declan Rice leaves this summer, and then you're you're putting West Ham in the Champions League, taking away players from the team that got them there, it's just going to be a waste of. Well, who else do you take out uh, other than Declan? I mean, even if he's the only guy that leaves, that's just going to be such a big factor, and then you're I don't putting know why the team. Wants him. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, no. Okay. I will we never. Un- okay, I understand the Grealish. Re- we don't need to reopen this. Uh, I will understand. Uh, I, I, I the, totally the get the Grealish hype. I don't get. The I've Declan. never seen Declan Rice pop off a football field to me. He has. He's not. He's he's average. Yeah, no, like I've never seen this guy play, and I said, "Wow, that's a hell of a player." Like I, I can't believe he gets England call ups and starts. Like that's crazy to me. Like the only reason I think is because he can play center back or in, in the number six. He's just not that good. Yeah, he's how, regular. How, he's how normal. How he is because he's a six that can go forward or he's an eight that can. When's go When's the last backwards. time he scored like what more than five goals in a season? Oh, I didn't say he could play striker, but five goals in a season that's thirty eight games long. If you're saying he can go forward, he should be putting at least five up. Well, like coming into the final third, not scoring, scoring, you know. Okay, but then let's say involved can't... in ten goals. And maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe he's been involved in 10 goals say, this I season. I can't speak to his stats, and I can't act like I watch West Ham week in, week out. But pause for all of us to check. Yeah, well, I'm just <laughs> looking it up, typing it real quick. I just don't. Well, I, he's also... the question was about West Ham, so I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. But um, all seasons, he's got four goals. Hey, it's a breakout. Filter by season. I mean, it's still season. only 22 <laughs> One goal in 29 appearances, one assist. Yeah, no, no, well, no. He's not yeah, an attacking well, yeah, well, mid. Yeah, granted, his position doesn't but allow like, him. But I'm saying he can play six, and he can do the role of an eight kind of going forward. He's not going to get into the box, per se. But he's also only 22. And those goal-scoring seasons, they do kind of come out of nowhere. You then know, again, I know against plays. the big teams, uh, what has West Ham done well, against, they, against the big teams in, in England? Well, they came back from three against Tottenham. Oh, well, they, they well, t- Tottenham's, a dis- Tottenham's a disaster <laughs> itself. But lost against, by uh, one against to United. United. Yeah, against United. Against lost City. by one to City. They tied Southampton. They lost to Chelsea. Lost to Liverpool. I mean, this that team, this team hasn't fared well against the big... They beat the teams they need to. Yeah, they do in the teams they need to. And they're not supposed to be like going head-to-head with these bigger teams. They drew City early on in the season. That was a weird. That's like Christmas time where everyone's just injured or tired. No, no that, was, that was October twenty fourth. But that was that was Sterling disaster class to end the game. The Bruins gave him like two clear opportunities, missed both of them. Oh, is that the shocker? They beat Chelsea earlier on. No, that was nineteen. Never mind. They lost <laughs> losing to Arsenal doesn't bode too well. Um, but... Does Everton or Aston Villa have the outside shot? No, Everton I... is uh, is five points back with a game in hand, 
Villa's eight points back with a game in hand. I think Top if, four. I think Everton, if they did it against Crystal Palace, if they got a, result, a good result there, maybe I would have said, but they just don't prove to like be substantially better than the teams that they're playing. No wins in the last three, so they're not in great form right now. Yeah, and granted, you had Burnley at home, lost to them, blew that lead against Palace last night. Obviously, yeah. Hamas being out since, what, late January is a huge factor of why they're not in a better spot right now. But you look to end the season, they got Tottenham, they got Arsenal. West Ham, I don't know if Grealish is going to be back for that Villa game or not. And then they have mentioned, if they need points on the last game of the season, they have City at the Etihad. So it's not looking too great for them. Aston Villa, they've lost, I mean, they weren't supposed to be winning games without Grealish, and they've just lost a lot of ground without him. And I still don't know when he's coming back, just because Villa really doesn't disclose anything. It was the same thing when Ross Barkley got earlier injured earlier this season. And they're not the team to rip off eight straight wins when he comes back. So their um, their quest is unfortunately done. Spurs Newcastle this weekend. Spurs are bad. Oh, they're horrible. Like wow, <laughs> they are they are bad. We outplayed and, you, but not like, even for you ninety out, minutes. Exactly, you, you guys... were better for the minute and a half that you scored two goals in. <laughs> no, and that's the worst part. Did you see like this this Tottenham team try to play out out of their box? It was like watching like it was horrible. Against Newcastle, it was horrible. They couldn't make they couldn't complete a single pass, and it's like these guys aren't even pressing you. They're just letting you pass, and you still can't get it off right. Momentum has has swung back in the relegation battle. Before this weekend, I would take Fulham every day of the week, and now I'm not. Uh, granted, I'm still Sorry. quite worried. Three points clear. Also, Fulham has played a game more than everyone else around, so that's big. It it very well could come down to the last day when Newcastle plays Fulham. How about which uh, I would dread. West Brom putting that masterclass on Chelsea. Do they have a great escape up the sleeve? No, no they're I, out of the no, picture. No, no, they're done. Nope. They also have a pretty tough schedule to finish the season. Yeah, they have, to no, have West a Brom's few done. more upsets of that caliber. Goodbye, West Brom. Yeah, uh, New- Newcastle's got it. <laughs> Newcastle's got it tough too. Coming. No, up. our running is very hard. We'll be lucky if we get. You, you got a tough May. Nine you more points. A tough May schedule. We're not getting to forty. I'll tell you that the the magic number will not be forty this year. It's probably going to be about thirty-five. I'd say. Yeah, I'm ex- I mean, yeah, I mean I'm not. I, I'm, I'm excited for that final. I'm not. If, like, if that is a, a I don't think I'd ever see like a relegation battle and watch the game like that excited before. But if Fulham play Newcastle final day of the season with both teams having a chance, that'd be one hell of a game to watch. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I, mean, I, mean, I just, I just hope us. you. I just hope you. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope you pick up the points against Arsenal, probably Burnley, and probably, definitely Sheffield. I mean. Newcastle's been that team, I feel like, the last two years where Arsenal clicks and turns back into a football team against. Yes. They had like the 4 no, no, no. They no, had that's the 4-0 no last they, year they, where they, o- that's what they do. Ozil came in masterclass. Yes. Aubameyang usually finds his way against you guys. Yes. What was the result earlier this season? Uh, it, it was... 2-0, 3-0, it's going to be 4-0 this like time. Something like that. In the FA Cup, it was we played well and lost 2-0. They scored too late. And yeah. Yeah, 3 in the Prem, Aubameyang 2, Saka 1. So I yeah. wouldn't rely too much on that game, but... No. Oh well. Well, gents, we're a little bit late. We gotta get gotta get home to watch Champions League, so we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for coming along. Short episode today. Thanks for sticking if you stick this long, and we hope, as always, that you found this episode to be in the great words of Ray Hudson, Magisterial. Join us next time.